Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast, Episode 3. Sometimes we forget living in this wonderful talent, incredible resources we have. Today, we're going to talk about two world-class medical organizations started by one man for the treatment and research in the area of ear, nose, and throat. Hi, I'm Bob Williams. I believe if you truly want to better understand your community, build personal, professional, and even lifelong relationships, then a willingness to hear each other's stories is an absolute must. And that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you get connected a little deeper with those living in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview business leaders, civic leaders, artists, authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact. My guest today is Dr. Herbert Silverstein, who's one of the world's top ear, nose, and throat physicians. Over the past 40 years, Dr. Silverstein has created not one, but two internationally known institutions that provide world-class research and treatment for a multitude of common maladies. I'll be asking Dr. Silverstein to share what diseases they specialize in, which treatments his practice developed, the future of treatment in his field, what's personally been the most satisfying part of his work, and much, much more. I'm so glad you joined us today, and as always... It is my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Well, good morning, Dr. Silverstein. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on today. I was struck when I was reviewing uh, your, your life's work and whatnot that you've, kind of, you've really built two uh, world-class organizations right here in Sarasota, and I'm not sure that uh, everybody knows that. So uh, you've had about a 40-year career. And you've built these two organizations, the Silverstein Institute and also the Ear Research Foundation. Uh, and that's after teaching at Harvard. You've pioneered medical procedures and medical devices in the field of, and I had to, I had to uh, practice saying this, ontologology. Otolaryngology. Otolaryngology. I messed that up. But it really, uh, ear, nose, and throat. Right. And uh, so I, ju- I guess my question is, is after all these accomplishments, what are you excited about uh, the work that you're doing today? Well, being a uh, 
inventor, uh, researcher, and a physician, I'm always looking for better ways to improve the quality of life of my patients. And I so enjoy uh, making patients hear better and being without dizziness and vertigo. And so it's a, really a pleasure to work. It's really not work for me. I enjoy uh, every day that I'm here. And fortunately, my mind is uh, still uh, functioning well, and I'm coming up with new procedures and ideas and to help people uh, improve their uh, quality of life. What interested you in this, um, in this medical field to begin with? Well, I was always uh, involved in uh, research and development when I was a kid and uh, growing up. And um, in medical school, the, uh, the field of otology or uh, science of the ear was just beginning. We just uh, had developed the uh, operating microscope where we could see into the ear and make things that were very tiny, large, and uh, do surgery on a, a very tiny uh, organ there. And it, uh, it needed uh, research and it needed the development since it was just a beginning field. And uh, mm. I was doing research at Temple Medical School during uh, my medical career. Uh, and uh, I was involved in that uh, field. And so it just sort of became natural that I went into that field. Well, so tell me, tell our listeners the difference between the uh, the Silverstein Institute and the Ear Research Foundation. Okay, the the institute is related to uh, treatment, mainly treatment of uh, patients uh, with ear, nose, and throat problems. Uh, mm. We've specialized mostly in the ear and dizziness for years, but we've expanded into the larynx and to the nose and throat, uh, so that the institute now is, is really encompasses everything in treatment. The, the Ear Research Foundation is a organization that I started in 1979 uh, as a nonprofit for research, education, and community service. And we've uh, had a training program where we've trained young doctors uh, after, their, after their residency in otology and learning the new procedures that I developed and the latest things in our specialty. And they come here for a year, and we've trained 48 doctors now. And we've, we actually have lined up up to the 50th uh, doctor coming in a couple of years. Oh, wow. So, so how many will come here at a time? Uh, one or two. Uh, ah. We're going to expand to two. Uh, we're, we've done one. Some years we've done two. Well, given the housing market down here, how, where do you find housing? Uh, they seem to find a place. I don't know. They uh, always find a condo or someplace to live. Uh, for years, we had a little house that we uh, housed them in that was near the office. But uh, they they seem to find a place for some reason. They uh, A lot of times, they, they pass it on from one to the other, too, uh, as they come. But they, they, sp they spend a year here. Well, I would imagine, given the location, it, I would imagine it's pretty competitive wanting to come down here and study underneath you. Well, it is competitive because there are, are other training programs throughout mm. the country. Mm. And, uh, but we seem to get excellent quality of doctors. In fact, I have two of my partners. One has been with me for uh, 30 years. We're just going to celebrate 30 years together. And he was the seventh fellow. And the first fellow that I trained, Dr. Wazen, 
uh, is here with me. It's about 15 years now. So uh, I'm very fortunate to have some of the best doctors in the country working with me here. Indeed, that is unusual. That is unusual. So you're originally from the New Jersey area, correct? Philadelphia. Oh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia. So, so what brought you to Sarasota in the first place? Well, I sort of had the midlife crisis uh, when I was 38, and I was working in academic medicine at Harvard and at the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, I did that for about 12 years, and I sort of gave, decided to give it up because of uh, the bureaucracy of the university. It was very difficult to get things mm-hmm. done. And uh, I came to visit a cousin that lived here in Sarasota, and it just, I just fell in love with the place and decided to start something from scratch and start my own uh, institute and my own uh, research center here. Well, it's... It- You've been coming, you've been here longer than I've been. Uh, I moved here in 2015, but have been vacationing here since 1980. So I have a long history with the area. And uh, of course, it's different when you live down here full time rather than just being a snowbird. But uh, we've always loved the place down here. We've always loved Sarasota area. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's wonderful. Uh, One of your specialties is the treatment of many years disease. Right. Uh, So for our listeners, talk about what it is how it affects people, why it's been a focus of years for so many years. Right. So uh, when I was a, a resident at Harvard, uh, the, the Harvard professor uh, had each of us pick a specialty of some disease to become an expert in. And I picked uh, Meniere's disease, which is a, a disease of the inner ear, which is caused by too much pressure in the inner ear. It's like glaucoma of the eye. Mm. Ear builds up pressure, and when it does that, you get a stuffiness, fullness in the ear, ringing in the ear. You lose some hearing, and you get a vertigo attack. Mm. And this can uh, occur at different times. It's uh, it's you never know when these these attacks are going to occur, and we're not sure what causes it. We know that allergies and and uh, migraine headaches have something to do with it. But uh, I've been involved in research and trying to develop treatments uh, to improve that. And in the 70s, I developed a what I called a vestibular neurectomy, was to cut the nerve of balance to the ears to stop the vertigo attacks and preserve hearing. And we did uh, 250 of those operations in those days. Hmm. They were using a different, we're using medication to inject it into the ear to cure the vertigo. Uh, in these patients. But um, so it's it's been an exciting, interesting field uh, to be involved with. And we've helped many patients with the problem. We have people coming in from all over the world to uh, see us about this. So you mentioned ringing in the ears. So I have tinnitus. Right. And uh, you mentioned that uh, many ears disease, you don't really know what causes that. To my knowledge, we don't know what causes tinnitus either. Right. It, it could be in the ear or it can be in the brain. Uh, uh-huh. at, in Meniere's disease, it's in the ear because when you cut the nerve of hearing and balance, you can cut the noise in the ear down quite a bit. Mm. So uh, in Meniere's disease, it does come from the ear. And we're involved in an FDA study right now where we're injecting a medication through the eardrum into the ear uh, that may help tinnitus patients. And if it... Uh, proves uh, positive, uh, many patients will be able to have relief of their uh, ringing in the ear. Mm. 
Mm. So, and, uh, yeah, that's now. Do these diseases typically happen in older patients or any t- any stage of life? Any any stage of life, uh, they they seem to the. Uh, are you talking about the tinnitus or the meniere's or? Well, either I, I don't know if they're all related or. They 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 can come at any age really, but uh, mm. usually in the the midlife. They start uh, the ringing in the ear is very common in the public. Uh, many people have it as they get older. I have it myself. Mm. And the best Any idea of it, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're so, we're so focused on, you know, modern life and whatnot. Uh, is there any indication that this is because of just the noisy world that we live in or yeah. stress or. Yeah, exactly. Uh, many cases of tinnitus do start with noise uh, trauma to the ear to allow noise or being exposed to too much noise. Mm. And that brings up another, uh, one of my, uh, pet, uh, procedures or, um, diseases is uh, hyperacusis or noise intolerance. Sometimes when, uh, instead of, uh, damage to the ear, uh, when you're exposed to noise, your ear becomes hypersensitive to noise. And you can't stand going into a restaurant or going into a movie or talking to your family. Uh, you become isolated and it, uh, it, help, it uh, really affects these people mentally. Hmm. And so uh, uh, about 10 years ago, I came up with a procedure, a very simple outpatient procedure. It takes about a half hour where I put some tissue in underneath the eardrum to dampen the little bones of hearing so that the patients could tolerate the sound better. And it seems to have worked very well. And we've done about 66 patients now. Mm. And, uh, and the patients are coming in from all over the world to have this uh, procedure done to who are involved with uh, noise intolerance. So, now, is that a 100% solution, 75, 80? We're about, we're about 85, 90% mm. improvement. Um, yeah. And uh, the patients, it, it does, when it does uh, work, uh, it changes their life. Uh, they, they can now go out in noisy places, go in restaurants and assume normal life again. So it's, it's, it's been like a psychiatric treatment, uh, believe it or not, a quick psychiatric treatment for a lot of these patients that are been isolated for so long. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've, I've often thought uh, when I was younger... I uh, worked in a steel mill for one uh, one summer, actually for three summers. But um, one day I forgot my my protective uh, hearing, my my headphones, and so I worked uh, the entire shift without them. And I remember for the next several nights, I could hardly sleep because of just all the ringing. It was just very heavy pounding, pounding of steel, and it was just the old. Um, kind of the, the old pictures that you have in your mind of uh, forge departments, you know, forge room where you have to heat the steel up and then you pound it into the, the form that you want it. Right. And uh, so I, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, uh, my tinnitus may have come from that and, and some of the other hair loss that I've, uh, that yeah. I've experienced. I'm sure it did. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sure it wasn't all the rock and roll that I listened to when I was younger either. Yeah. I'm sure that, I'm sure that didn't help much. <laughs> Well, good. So are there other, are there other maladies that you're treating right now or that you see often in your office? Yeah, we see uh, hearing loss. Uh, most commonly, uh, we see uh, 
patients, one of the most common things we see in the office is wax buildup in the ear. Uh, patients are using Q-tips and they push a Q-tip in their ear and it pushes the wax in and causes hearing loss. And uh, the Q-tips are very dangerous. I've operated on 27 patients over the years uh, to repair the eardrum. Where the Is Q-tip that right? My right through the uh, eardrum and destroys the bones of hearing and can destroy your hearing and destroy your balance. And it's, uh, it's a really awful thing. And uh, in the 70s, uh, I wrote a paper said that Q-tips shouldn't be used. They should be outlawed. And of course, that never happened, and they're still being used. But uh, I invented a an ear wash, uh, what, which I call ear care. I did see that, yes. And that uh, that's a very nice. Uh, it's alcohol and aloe combination, and you squirt it up. I have a special bottle with a special tip, um, where you stick it in your ear and you squirt it in your ear with your head down, and it flushes the ear and keeps the ear from developing uh, a big wax impaction. So um, we have all the patients using that instead of Q-tips. Well, I, I, unfortunately, I have a big box of Q-tips in my bathroom. So when we get off this interview, I'm going to go throw them away and go buy your uh, your solution. Yeah, we, we, sell it, we sell it in all our offices. We did sell it on Amazon for a while, but now we're doing uh, it ourselves. I see. I see. Well, can uh, can the earwax cause any um, sensations or tinnitus or? Yes, it can. Uh, it can cause all kinds of uh, problems. Um, and it's amazing. Once we get the uh, wax out, patients feel tremendous relief from it. So that that's, that's a, a big part of our practice. Uh, hearing loss, as we get older, the high frequencies get involved. And people can't hear. They say, what did you say? What did you say? And they're turning up the TV and it affects the uh, spouse. And uh, usually the uh, spouse brings the other person in for a hearing evaluation and whatnot. But uh, hearing aids today are very excellent. And they can uh, actually they can reduce the tinnitus, the ringing in the ear. If uh, they have uh, little maskers in the hearing aids and it will overcome the uh, ringing in your ear. So uh, they they can work for both hearing improvement and uh, helping the tinnitus. So, A a bit off topic, but it's something I've often wondered. Uh, With so many new devices out on the market and whatnot, it seems as if uh, hearing aids are are quite expensive. Right. And, And why is that? Well, there, there are many computers. That's the problem. So that, each frequency, uh, when we do a hearing test on you, we can we evaluate each frequency from the low to the high notes, and the hearing aid can be programmed uh, specifically for your hearing loss. So it can amplify those frequencies that are decreased. And so because it's uh, a small little device and it's a computer type of thing, that uh, that's why they, it's so expensive. So would you typically recommend a particular brand or? Well, there are many different types, uh, different brands, and I don't want to mention. And price points. Yeah, yeah I'm sure price yeah. points as well. Right. And, yeah. and uh, you can buy hearing aids now over the counter without a, a doctor's prescription. Uh, if you have a mild loss, you can go into a, a drugstore and you can buy, buy one for not uh, very much money. 
that'll help a little bit um, to hear better. What's an indication that somebody should come in and see you and be tested? Well, if they are, if they are complaining that they're not hearing well, um, if they're having any kind of dizziness, unsteadiness, uh, vertigo attacks, when they roll over in bed, they get spinning vertigo for a few seconds. Uh, that's something that we can fix very quickly in the office. Uh, it's called positional vertigo. And there's a maneuver called the Epley maneuver that where we can take the crystals that are floating around in the inner ear and causing the vertigo. We can get those straightened out pretty quickly in the office with a maneuver. And uh, so anybody that's having that kind of problem should come in. Anybody with ringing in the ears should have the ear evaluated to make sure there isn't a tumor. Many times, not many times, but sometimes there's a benign growth on the hearing nerve that causes ringing in the ears. And we like to rule that out, make sure you don't have that and determine what's causing the ringing in the ear. Usually it's the high frequency hearing loss that as the ear deteriorates, it makes noise. Mm. And, uh, and so we like to know what, what's causing it. And so, um, yeah. What are, what are some technologies that are coming out on the market, whether you are developing them in house or you've read about them that you're excited about? Uh, well, the, the, like the, like I told you, the research that we're doing now is, uh, we're, uh, we're doing a lot of injections into the ear with steroids and, uh, different medications for the ringing in the ears. And also we're involved with an, an FDA study where we're injecting a medication in the ear that causes regeneration of the little hair cells in the cochlea, which will restore hearing to some patients. And uh, so we're involved in that. So I see the future as uh, our specialty going to be injecting medications into the ear through the eardrum uh, for many different problems, the vertigo for uh, hearing loss, for pressure and fullness in the ear and, uh, uh, and dizziness and hearing loss and uh, ringing in the ears, all those things. So I think mm. that uh, that type of treatment is going to be the future of our specialty. It seems like everybody has headphones on today or they have the AirPods or, right. uh, you know, the cell phones or whatnot. Are you seeing any increase in ear deficiencies because of this? Yes. And in, in especially in the kids and the teenagers where they're uh, cranking that uh, the headphones up and the um, and they're causing noise damage. So if if you have if you're exposed to uh, loud noise or music and whatnot, and you have a hearing loss or your ear feels stuffy or the ears ringing after you stop listening to the music, you're causing damage to the inner ear, and that it sh should be an indication that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, and uh, it's too loud. Whatever you're putting in your ear is too loud. It's causing damage. And I assume that's cumulative then and for years. And it's cumulative, yes. Mm. Mm. Well, let's switch gears a little bit here. You have a great love for jazz, and you actually have some compositions at HerbSilversteinJazz.com. Yeah, I, I do. I listened to some of them. You have some very nice pieces there. Thank you. Thank you. Where did yeah. your love for jazz come from? Well, as a, as a kid, uh, I was a pianist and um, – a classical pianist, and I fell in love with jazz in the in the '60s, and uh, 
And then I didn't do anything with it um, until uh, I was 48 years of age. And I was here for about 10 years. And um, what happened, jazz died uh, when rock and roll came in. And so uh, even though I was interested in jazz, that nothing was going on very much with that field mm-hmm. until about the uh, 70s or 80s. And um, it came back and Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea uh, re- reignited our interest in uh, jazz. And uh, I decided to take, start taking piano lessons and uh, again. And so I've learned uh, – from many, many great uh, jazz musicians. And I've made like 16 CDs now. I've written 65 songs, written several books on jazz. And uh, the interesting thing about this is that I donate all the proceeds to the E-Research Foundation. So uh, this uh, jazz and music has been uh, helpful for raising money for our foundation. And um, it's been a great fun for me, too. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That, that's, that's a great story. So are you still, uh, are you playing anywhere now? I was playing at the Burns Court Cafe uh, once a month until uh, the COVID hit. And now yeah. I've been inside, uh, been afraid to go uh, into the restaurants now. But uh, I think it's starting to open up after this next one will go away, hopefully. And uh, I'll start playing again. But we just made our latest CD called Magic Hands. And it's uh, it's on Spotify and uh, Amazon. Uh, Amazon Music has a lot of my uh, CDs, original music uh, available if you just ask for it. Oh, that's fascinating. That that is fascinating. So, how do, for an artist, and we're kind of getting way off the topic here, but for an artist like you, when you put your music on Spotify or Apple, how do they how do they work with you in order to upload it? I mean. Do you do they charge you to put it up there? Do you get paid for it? Do you how or how's it promoted at all? Well, it, the, it's it's real interesting because you have to have uh, to get your music on. It has to be original music, um, or and uh, also um, the uh, what happens is you you fill out royalty uh, papers and you get a tiny bit of money when they play it. Uh, right. So. Uh, it's hardly any money that you get from from the radio playing your your stuff and people buying your music, but um, it's financially it's not very very rewarding. But it's uh, but you they do pay you something. <laughs> well, so what happens next for Doctor Silverstein? Well, uh, we the exciting thing in the last year is that we uh, are. Our practice joined the hospital, Sarasota Memorial, and so we're the ear, nose, and throat uh, clinic for the for the hospital now. And uh, the hospital has rented uh, most of the building here, which is thirty thousand oh, wow. square feet, and has wonderful most of the doctors, uh, ear, nose, and throat doctors. We have uh, five doc five doctors, six and seven coming, and uh, so it's it's going to continue to grow. And, um, so it's, it's pretty exciting what's going on here. So are you going to expand the practice, bring more doctors in? Yes. Yes, we are. Yes. That's great. Well, yeah. cause Sarasota of course is growing. This whole area is growing by leaps and bounds. So right. 
we have to build out more and more of that infrastructure. I right. sometimes have a difficult time getting to see my doc. So, right. Anyways, well, that's great. Well, so uh, where's the best place to find out more the services you provide? Uh, they can call uh, 941-366-9222. That's the uh, Silverstein Institute. And they can make an appointment with me to have an examination and hearing test or whatever they need. And if they want to uh, find out more about the research that we're doing, they can call 941-556-4219. That's the Year Research Foundation. Well, that's great. Well, Dr. Silverstein, thank you for being on my show. And uh, let's do it again real soon. Okay. Well, thanks so much for having me. You betcha. Bye-bye. 